Hello and welcome to another TV Central podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Well, the normal rating season is over and we're all enjoying or in some cases avoiding the summer television offerings. Time now to wrap up the 2010 year and I want to shift the focus on Channel 10. They have been all over the news in 2010. Joining me today is Head of Network Programming at Network 10, Beverly McGarvey. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, Bev, the end of the uh, year ratings data has been collected. Now, for me, it's all been a very bit uh, bit confusing. There does not seem to be any uniform standard that the networks apply. In the end of year ratings report sent by all networks, um, including 10, there was data that started from week one to include summer. Some started from official ratings year. Some included two weeks of Easter, Winter Olympics, Commonwealth Games, some state information from 6pm to 10.30, others 6pm to midnight. Some included their primary channels and some included the uh, commercial channels only and then some the combined channels. Then of course some didn't include all of those and then finally some had a combination of all of this data. So I guess my question out of all of that is, is it all spin? How do you break through all this information and make sense of all the data from 2010? Um, well I think each person who gets all the ratings information really has to decide what information it is that they're looking for. Obviously, we don't consider um, what we put out as spin. Um, we're very focused on our core demo, 18 to 49. Um, there's obviously other demographics that interest us, and of course, everybody um, does talk about total people. Um, also, we consider prime time to be 6 p.m. to 10.30 because that's where all the advertising dollars are. So I think you'll find that consistently 10 has always spoken in those terms as we did this year. When we take all that into consideration, um, we feel that we had a great year. Um, we're up 18 to 49 in prime time. And given the proliferation of multi-channels this year, we're very proud of that achievement. And obviously, um, we don't have as many channels as the others at this point, and we will do next year. So we think we had a great year in 2010, and we're really well set up to move into 2011. Okay, well then, we'll get through all the spin. And who won the 2010 ratings year in your eyes, and how did Network 10 fare in all this? Um, I don't know if we would use... I don't think that there needs to be one clear winner. We all have different objectives, and 10's objective is to grow our business 18 to 49, and we did that, so in our eyes, we won the year, and we're pleased with our performance this year. I think obviously seven and nine have different objectives and different target demos, and therefore um, they certainly had good stories to tell. Also, I don't think it's a straight race with one clear winner. Well, I guess on the the combined figures, ten looks a, a little worse. Where hard to compare apples with apples when seven and nine have three channels and ten has two. So in retrospect, was 10 foolish not to launch 11 earlier and, and be on a level playing field? Um, I don't think we were foolish not to do it. Obviously, we have one, and we were first off, um, first cab off the rank when we launched one, and we're, we're launching 11 next month, as you know. And in order to get 11 into the um, shape that we wanted, we wanted to do it in a timely fashion. It's obviously a joint venture with CBS, and a deal of that nature certainly takes some time to put together. I think in the long term, that 11 will be a great asset to um, Network 10 Holdings. So we're very happy with the date that we've chosen, and we think this time next year, given how well the channel um, is prepared, that it'll be a really good outcome for us. Sure. Well, I mean, let's compare apples with apples. Um, looking at the figures on the primary channels, 
Um, I'm going to use the data that was on tvtonight.com.au. I sort of agree with David Knox that if we are forced to use an industry standard, it would it would be week 7 to 48. We're taking out Easter, Commonwealth Games and Winter Olympics, and we're looking at 6 p.m. to midnight. Now, I, I find this fascinating in that 10 seems to be reported as the number three network and are facing some real ratings issues. However... When you actually look at the data, uh, 16 to 39, 10 won the year by a comfortable margin, even using those figures and not the 6 p.m. to 10 30 as, as, as you do use, uh, with just over 26% to 9's 23.61. Now, that must be rewarding. T tell us about this demo and um, what you attribute your success to. Um, well, I think 10 for many, many years has always been successful in that demo. We've always had shows that appeal to that audience, and we're thrilled that we're still um, the market leader in that demo. In recent years, it has obviously been um, quite publicly our objective to broaden um, the strength of our schedule into the uh, up to 49 and, and past that. So although we're delighted by that, and it's obviously a very lucrative demo to win, we're also very focused on 18 to 49. So I think we're successful in that demo because we understand it and we have been successful in it for many, many years. And we're, we're mainly pleased that we're also very successful 18 to 49. Well, you just said you were wanting to strengthen up, up to 49. In 18 to 49, you're neck and neck with nine. Both came out with a 24% figure, with nine slightly ahead if you use the 10, 30, uh, figure, then you would be ahead. Um, this is the demo you are focusing on. This must be a pleasing result then. Absolutely. We're thrilled with this result, especially given it was such a competitive year. Um, we think we have a lot of products that really um, speak to that audience, 18 to 49. It's a really important demo for us and for the advertising community and really for all the networks. So um, really that's the most pleasing thing for us this year to be successful in that demo. Yeah, um, and, and also, I mean, you weren't particularly aiming for it, but 25 to 54, you came third, but less than 2% separated to first and third, with big wins each night to seven and nine with their news and current affairs shows. You know, I mean, they, they would be ahead with that. This would have to be a good result for 10. Is there any focus on, at all on this demo? Um, well, really, there's only five five years there that are more than 49. So, of course, there, there is a focus mm. on that demo, given that so much of that demo falls in our reported core demo. Um, so we are very pleased with that. Um, I think when you look at our schedule this year with shows like MasterChef, it um, is inevitable that we will continue to strengthen in that area. And I also think it's really great for the audience that it is such a tight race because it means that we're, you know, it's a very competitive market and as a result of that, the viewers get really strong shows and really strong schedules. Mm. And I guess the last uh, one is uh, Total People. Seven is a clear winner here, whichever data you use. Is this of any concern to 10, or do you totally dismiss total people figure, or is there some consolation in the fact that a network is number one in total people? Um, total people is not something that we have ever focused on at 10, and we haven't for many years, um, ever since you know we, we chased the 16 to 39 audience. Um, I think you know it's good for seven that they're a clear winner, and we respect that, and it's good that a large volume of people are watching their shows. It's not something that we're interested in, and really we're interested in the under 50 audience. Um, so I, I think it's good for them, and I'm sure they're very pleased with that, but it's not something that overly concerns us. Okay. Well, um, let's go to programming now. We've done the ratings. Just want to get a response from you about a couple of shows and how you think they're traveling. Uh, first up, 7 p.m. project. Fair to say it started slow, built an audience. But then I guess post-Commonwealth Games, it lost some traction again ratings-wise. Your thoughts on 7 p.m. and in 2010? 
Um, we're, obviously, we're incredibly pleased with 7pm. Um, we're really proud that we stayed with it, and we're really proud of the show and the production team and the talent on the show and um, how well they've performed over the year. Um, you're right, it, sort of, it was a slow start. We um, always said that it would take time to build, and something of that nature requires viewers to make a habit. We think they've made that habit now. After the Commonwealth Games, obviously we were off air for a couple of weeks, um, and it did take people a bit of time to come back, but they're certainly back now. And even in the last few nights in particular, the shares are amazing. The numbers are really strong, and we're almost doing double what we were last summer. So I think that, yes, we did, but it's certainly back, and we're very pleased with it. Um, the show isn't having a break over summer. They're going to stay on air the whole way through. There's a, a, a week where there's going to be a summer series. But for 7 p.m., it's all about habits. So we understand that we need to leave it there all the time so that our viewers get the show that they want at 7 o'clock every night. The um, interesting show, MasterChef, no one said it was going to work, and then it was huge, and then they said, well, that's going to be a fluke. Uh, season one was no fluke. It came back as big this year. Must be proud of this one. And we are. We're delighted that it came back strong in year two. We think the production company did a fantastic job. They delivered a really strong series in year two. And if you were a fan of year one and you came back to year two, you got the same show again with extra twists and turns and really good storytelling and really good characters, really strong contestants. So we're very proud of it and um, you know, grateful for all the work that all the people put into the show. It sort of takes 300 people to make a show like that. So um, a lot of people are involved. Mm. Uh, the other one, interesting one, Undercover Boss Australia, ha has, has to be considered excess and, and it's been booked for 2011. Tell us how this show came to be and, and what you attributed its success to. Um, actually, Undercover Boss Australia is very interesting. We actually bought the option a long time ago um, at one of the markets in the UK. We bought the option before CBS. We actually bought it wow. based off a sizzle that we saw um, that was pitched to us probably two years ago now. And um, we looked at the show very carefully, and then CBS commissioned the show, and probably tonally how CBS produced the show with um, an American audience in mind was more close to the show that we have ended up making than how the UK episodes play. Like the UK episodes are great, but it's, it's very different in tone. So um, we went into production with the series sort of earlier this year, and very, very pleased with the ratings of both the US episodes and obviously especially the Australian episodes. We think it works because the time is right for this sort of show. Also, the production company, again, have done a fantastic job. The show is really well cast with CEOs that are um, relatable. They're people that our audience engage with. And I think the workplace environment is something that obviously we all have an opinion on. So for those reasons, it's accessible on many levels. Mm. Yeah, it's a great program and a good mix with the the American product coming through as well. Um, the winners and losers for Channel 10 in 2010. Well, let's look at the winners first. We've I'm going to mention MasterChef Australia and Undercover Boss. Aside from these, I'll, I want to give you my top three for 10, and perhaps you could agree or disagree. The first one I, I thought um, overwhelmingly was Australian drama. Fair to say that 10 seems to have had the most misses in the past with Australian drama, but 2010 stood out for 10 with Rush, Offspring, Hawk, all, all working and a few others. Um, strong standouts when you consider 9 and 7 offerings were either mixed or, or not so good. Why the success now? What is resonating with these shows for viewers? Uh, we are very pleased with our drama slate this year. Um, our drama team here at 10, Rick Mayer and his team, have done a really great job with the various production companies involved. Um, we're pleased with our strike rate, obviously, and drama is very expensive, and it's, it's really important for us that we get it right. I think 
the reason that our slate is working at the minute is that we're offering high quality shows and in a variety of genres. Rush is obviously police procedural, but a very action adrenaline based procedural, incredibly well cast, incredibly well written, and we're very pleased with it. We are obviously just coming out of the third season now and we've announced that we're moving into season four. Offspring is it's a wonderful show and it's sort of unique. There's not many other shows like it on air at the minute, especially Australian shows. And again, it has a great cast. Um, it has family stories that everyone can relate to. And it's a little fun and funny at times as well. So that's important. Hawk was obviously a real standout for us. And the timing was impeccable. And, you know, we can't take credit for that. It was, we had, you know, we'd obviously already commissioned the show. And then the things that happened politically at that time probably just really enhanced the performance of what was already a great product. So I think um, there were a number of reasons that we had a particularly good year with drama and we look forward to those shows moving into the next seasons and we're obviously going to enhance the drama slate moving forward as well. The um, second and third shows that uh, um, particularly big winners for me, I'll, I'll give them to you together, talking about your generation staying strong with a time slot move in 2010. So just uh, any comments there about its success and also Good News Week. It's not setting the world on fire, I guess, but it certainly holds its own um, with great demos as well, um, those two shows. Yeah, talking about your gen is something that we're um, really pleased with because it's a paper format and it's an Australian format and you know that's great for the industry and great for Australia. The talent on that show are fantastic. Um, Sean and the the Gen Captains are great. It's really funny. It's really relatable. And also, the interesting thing about the show is that um, the talent in the production company have put a lot of effort into consistently um, upping their game as such. So there's different games. There's bigger games. It's fun. And you don't know what to expect. And it's really well cast with guest talent as well. So we're, we're very pleased with your Gen and looking forward to it coming back next year. Good news week. Um, is very interesting. It's a great show. It's there week in, week out. The demos are fantastic. And obviously, we've moved it to 9.30, and it's just performing so well. We're really pleased with it. It's funny every week. It's really consistent. The team do a great job at putting something out sort of, you know, 35, 40 weeks a year. It's it's a massive ask of any production company, and they do such a great job, and we're thrilled with it. This is the third year now we've had it on air um, in this run, so we're very pleased with it. They must have made, you know, over 70 episodes and it's still funny and fresh all the time. Mm. Well, with, um, I guess, with, with some winners, there's always some losers. That's the reality of, of television. Before I offer you mine, I'd just like to hear, I guess, your honesty about any disappointments that you felt 10 had in 2010. Um, absolutely. I think, in principle, we've had a very strong year. We've had really strong domestic slate and a really strong international slate. Obviously, we're not returning, so you think you can dance Australia. We got three great years out of the show. It was a very well-made show, and the, the, again, the talent have been fantastic, and it was something that our audience really related to. I think this year, um, the numbers probably weren't um, what we really wanted them to be for a show of that scale. Obviously, those sort of shiny floor shows are very expensive to produce, so I think, you know, if I had to pick something, I think, you know, we're disappointed that that show isn't returning, um, although we're very pleased that we got three years out of it, so I think that would probably be on the list for me. Okay. Well, the only one I guess that I wanted to point out, 10 had a much stronger Australian content than in previous years, um, but in my opinion, that has been at the expense of some American product. The Good Wife second season was down on its first season, Rules of Engagement not doing so well, House is down, Merlin second season was down on its first. 
is that a fair comment that that American products, as as a general rule, took a hit whilst your Australian input was stronger in 2010? Um, I, I would disagree with that. I think we've had an excellent year. Of course, some of the shows that you mentioned, Good Wife is slightly off in its second season. Um, and again, I think you know coming back in a different slot after the Commonwealth Games, it took a while to build, and we're really the show is fantastic. It's performing really well in the states, and we're very confident that it'll perform well next year. Um, rules of engagement is. Um, in a sort of early evening slot over summer, and you're right, um, the total people numbers are down, and House has actually grown slightly from where it was um, last year, although not at the top of the year, and Merlin is down, but it came off an incredibly high base, and we would still consider that show a hit. Alternatively, we have Glee doing fantastically well, Modern Family doing really well, NCIS continues to perform, so I think we feel that we've had a really good year with US product. Um, the most interesting thing for us is that for many years now we've wanted international product that we can play early evening and Glee and Modern Family can both play at 7.30 which really gives us flexibility in our schedule to play shows like Undercover Boss at 8.30 which has been a really good outcome for us. So I think we're really proud of our American slate, our US slate this year and moving into next year when we have shows like Hawaii Five O, Defenders, Blue Bloods, we think we've had, um, we've had a really good screenings again and our US shows will continue to perform. Sure. Um... Quick quiz. Um, now, um, I did have top five questions, but I'm going to make it top three for time. Um, top okay. three questions, uh, questions I get asked about ten. Number one, uh, by far, is that about Medium, because that's been cancelled in 2010 overseas. Eleven more episodes remain. Will these be? When will these be screened? Um, I'm sorry, I can't be more helpful. We will certainly play those remaining um, episodes, but we don't currently have them in the schedule, um, and we don't have plans to play them at the beginning of the year. So as soon as we find a slot for them, we will certainly let you know. Okay, um, Law and Order in 2010. Not one episode was shown of the original, um, and now we're over a full season behind. Why are we not getting this show, and when will we see it? And also, I don't think Law and Order UK has been played. When when will we see that one? Um, well, I think I'm sure you know the answer to this question. Law and Order oh. has, for, for a few years now, hasn't performed terribly well for us. People love SVU and they love Criminal Intent, and Law and Order is very well made, but it just does not resonate with our audience as well as some of the other shows. We'll certainly play those episodes. Um, they're not currently in the schedule. It's likely that they'll probably play later in the evening, as will the UK episodes. Um, we have a lot of UK episodes to play, and um, we will get good use out of them somewhere, but not in the first quarter. Okay, no worries. Actually, I'm going to leave the, the, the quiz questions there. Second last question. There was just this very, very tiny, small story about some guy called James Packard taking a big chunk of shares for 10. Bruce Gordon there as well, Gina Reihart, Lachlan Murdoch. Tell us about the atmosphere amongst the staff with uh, so much media speculation about possible changes, etc., etc. at 10. Um, to be honest, the, the atmosphere here is great. I think um, it's good to have people involved in the business who, you know, obviously with James and Lachlan, who have um, a long history in media. And um, we've got a new channel coming along. We have a big new strategy coming along next year. So everybody here is very busy. And, you know, we're all very flattered that so many billionaires want a piece of us. So to be honest, it's great. And we're all very happy about it. Excellent. All right. And just finally... What lessons were learned in 2010 that will carry you forward to 2011? I think the most interesting thing about 2010 for all of us was um, how well the multi-channel performed and how we can utilize those channels in conjunction with our main premium channels moving forward to make sure that we service the audience across the board and get the best out of um, what we can offer across the broad spectrum. I think that's probably the critical point for all of us next year.
Excellent. Well, um, 10 will be a focus in 2011 for the media and here with us at TV Central. Very much looking forward to 11 coming soon. Bev McGarvey, thank you for joining me here at uh, TV Central. No problem. Thank you very much. That's all right. Well, Head of Network Programming, ben, uh, Bev McCarvey here from Network 10. We will have another podcast coming up soon to discuss 11. Stay tuned for that. That's all from this podcast. Until the next one, take care. I'm Aaron Ryan for tvcentral.com.au. See you then.